Today on Inside Supercars, we start a series looking at various motorsport and supercars books. And I'm sure you'll find it interesting to hear from the authors, who some are very regular to your ears. In the weeks to come on Inside Supercars, you'll hear from the likes of Gordon Lomas, Andrew Clark, and of course Aaron Noonan, the V8 sleuth. There are plenty of interesting stories on the shelf, and we'll give you a sampler of some. Craig Lowndes talking about being a supercars driver at that time and what was involved. Basically from 1815 when Bathurst was first settled and then went through the 1800s, you know, the gold rush era and and the bush rangers and all that sort of stuff and then uh, tied it into uh, motor racing in the early 1900s. The Holden Racing Team's cars and that's, um, you know, it's it's that book, it's its fault that the rest of this stuff's flowed. Our Inside Supercars Book Club. I hope you enjoy this mini-series starting off the season in 2023. This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We've paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Our first Supercars book club is a very familiar voice, Mark Fogarty, who wrote a book on Craig Lowndes just over 10 years ago. And we delve into why, how, and would he do it again? I dwell on it. It certainly put me off writing books for life. I'll tell you that. Fogues on Craig Lowndes, The Inside Line. It starts now. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel. And we're joined today by the author of Craig Lowndes, The Inside Line, Mark Fogarty. Welcome back to Inside Supercars, your book and the publishing of Craig Lowndes' story back in 2010. Well, you certainly have a good memory. I'd almost forgotten about it. (laughs) It wasn't actually the Craig Lowndes story. That was sort of the point of the book. It was Craig Lowndes talking about being a supercars driver at that time and what was involved and how he went about it and what went on in the world of supercars. Um, It wasn't and it was never intended to be an autobiography or, or, or his story. There's, there's not, you know, we touch upon a little bit of history, but you know, it's not the Craig Lowndes story and that was never designed that way. And there was a reason for that because originally, as I said, when it was done, in written in 2010 and published, I think around Father's Day, September-ish, uh, or October, November uh, 2010. Even then, it was sort of, you know, Craig was starting to think about, you know, perhaps retiring. <laughs> Took a little longer than anticipated, I think. 
Um, but then, so this would be an interim, if you like, and then when, once he had retired, then the, the full authorised autobiography would come out and uh, there was a loose, very loose plan that, you know, I would ghostwrite his autobiography. And, I mean, I ghost wrote this book, although a bit more, I was a bit more, you know, prominent in it in, in the sense that it was, you know, by Craig Lowndes with Mark Fogarty and although it was written in Craig's first-person voice, you could probably clearly tell that I wrote it, not him. And, of course, you were you were back in Australia then when he burst onto the scene in 94, 5, 6, um, and he certainly was the kid and coming strongly, wasn't he? Um, I wasn't in Australia when he burst onto the scene, actually. I'd, oh, okay. I'd gone back overseas. Um, I'd been back in Australia briefly for a year in 92, 93, but, no, I was back there. So I was obviously aware of what Craig was doing back in the 90s and would see him when I came out on various trips for the Grand Prix particularly or even some Bathurst 1000s. Um, so I was certainly aware of him, but I didn't start dealing with him on an, on a regular basis, well, until I came back to Australia permanently in, two, in the middle of 2003. Um, I did have a bit to do with him in 97 when he did a season of Formula 3000 driving for um, the infamous Dr. Helmut Marco, who is now that severe figure that you always see lurking in the background with the Red Bull racing Formula 1 team. But Craig was driving for him in 97 in the Formula 3000 championship, what's now Formula 2, but was back then was the second level on your way to uh, below Formula 1. And... Unfortunately, his teammate that year was Juan Pablo Montoya. So Craig didn't get much of a look in, in terms of team support that year. And um, anyway, hey-ho, back to Australia in 98 and um, rest is history. And tell me, how did the book come about, this inside line? The title was my idea. Doesn't sound all that original now, does it? <laughs> But at the time, it seemed appropriate because it was Craig Lowndes giving an insight into his life as a racing driver and supercars racing. And as we know, the inside line, well, it has two meanings, doesn't it? You know, it's the preferred line, you know, to do a passing move in a corner, but it's also, you know, come to be used as a shorthand for, you know, inside knowledge or, you know, special knowledge of something. So it had a dual purpose there. It made sense, and I was offered the deal to write the book. Well, in fact, I do believe that Craig actually chose me to write the book. He was given a list of potential authors, and I was among them, and he, he decided, I'm told, that he wanted me to write it. Now, it probably didn't hurt that his manager at the time was a former journalist turned um, PR man, David Siegel, who... Well, not only had I known for many years already, but it's fair to say it's probably one of my closest friends. So I indeed had the inside line on getting the job, I suppose you could say. But I'm told that Craig did look at the list and decide that he wanted me to uh, to write it for him and um, off we went. How much time did you get to chance to, to talk to Craig? Was it over months or weeks? Uh, several months. Uh, I did spend a lot of time with him and get a lot of time with him. I made, I think, at least three trips 
up to the countryside outside Brisbane where he was living at that time on a farm and would sit down with him and, you know, interview him basically, get him to talk about the various subjects. Met him in Melbourne a couple of times as well. And then the rest of it was done over the phone. So I had these very extensive interviews and they made up the book and the narrative and the, you know, different subjects with the different chapters. And although, you know, I, I tidied it up, I suppose you, you might say, and added a bit of flair to it. I did try and stick as much to po- as possible. You know, what you read in the book is what Craig Lowndes actually said. You know, I didn't just make it all m- up myself and, you know, we, we labelled it Craig Lowndes. You know, th- there was, there, it, it is his thoughts, um, as I said. Me as the co-author, if you like, you know, tidied it up, but I didn't, ch- you know, I didn't change what he said. Radically, no. And as such, I mean, we know that there is this process, particularly because, you know, he was a very high-profile man in Australia at that time. He was the, the face of Holden, which was still a very large car manufacturer still. Um, there was obviously this balance between his private and public life. Uh, were you, uh, you know, sort of conscious of that? Were you made aware that, you know, he's got to have his private life? You, you don't expose everything about him? It really wasn't within the remit of the book. I mean, there there is one chapter devoted to his family life and talks about his then wife and um, and his two children. Um, again, in hindsight, that probably <laughs> doesn't look so good, but things change. But no, it, it was it was never there was never going to be any sensationalism, any great revelations. It was a you know, it was a racing book, you know, pure and simple. So while we touched upon his family life as it was at that stage, and you mentioned he was the face of Holden. Don't forget back in 2010, he'd only just gone back to Holden because Triple Eight, who had been a Ford team, they lost their Ford backing and they defected to Holden in 2010 um, was the year that Craig Lowndes was rehabilitated or reunited with Holden. So there was a bit about that in the book that was appropriate, and, but anyway, yeah, it, it was it wasn't supposed to be a deep insight into his private life whatsoever. Craig can be fairly verbose. Was there a lot of editing had to be done to to keep it within the uh, well, keep it within the lines of what you were trying to achieve in the story and narrative? He wasn't overly verbose. He talked at length about everything that I wanted to discuss with him and I pretty much just let it ran. You know, I had a vague idea of, you know, the length of each chapter and the overall length of the book, which I still couldn't tell you off the top of my head, you know, 80,000 words maybe. I don't know. Um, but, I, you know, it's it's not a short story. Um, but, the, you know, I was never given a word length, I don't think. Um Although, for some reason, I don't know. So I just let it run. Um, and if I, ha- you know, if things, sometimes things needed to be amplified or sometimes, yes, he may have, you know, over-explained something. Well, you know, it's like any any writing, you know, it expands and contracts according to um, the relevance and, and how much space. But as I said, I don't recall anyone saying, well, you can only write 80,000 words or 50,000 or whatever. 
I remember just churning it out. Probably, as I said earlier, it took it was done over several months, but the hard yakka, the actual writing of it, um, I reckon I, I I reckon I knocked it out in three months, maybe a little less. I was pretty much writing a chapter a week, um, certainly, you know, throughout August and, and September, I was writing a chapter a, a week, you know, to get the book ready to be published. Um, well, I'm guessing now, but it must have been in late October or, or November of that year, 2010. How do you feel that the book has stood up to uh, the test of time? In you know, in obviously, as you say, that there's more books about Craig to be written because uh, his career is, while it hasn't ended, it's certainly coming closer to the end. I'd like to think it holds up extraordinarily well. But I, to be brutally honest with you, Tony, I haven't looked at the book probably for 10 years. You know, I have a couple of copies in my bookcase somewhere and one is is on display, for want of a better term, in a, again, for what a better term, trophy cabinet in my living room but it's um it's honestly not something i i dwell on it it certainly put me off writing books for life i'll tell you that because even though i got relatively well paid for it and i stress relatively um because things have changed and unless it's an absolute superstar you don't get big money for books but it's probably the last motor racing book that anyone's made any decent money out of. Um, it was just, it was hard work. It was grinding, you know, to churn this out and 80 odd thousand words, even though you know, some people who know me will laugh, but, you know, they would say that, well, folks, you'll use, you know, why use one word where 20 will do? But, um, you know, I found it very grinding to, to get it done and to, you know, to a high, you know, I was trying to get to a high standard of writing it, and I was, I was pretty happy in the end because through the editing process, they, you know, so little was changed as to be almost nothing, and that's pretty satisfying as a writer that what you submit, you know, goes through, and all their correcting, if anything, is just you know there'd be some typos, just things happens, or you know spelling mistakes or just, you know, technical errors in terms rather than someone having to, you know, a copy, a copy of a book editor sitting there going, oh, this is, this is rubbish, I've got to rewrite this. Um, as I said, virtually nothing was changed. So I felt that I had done a good job from that point of view. Well, Mark, I'm sure that Craig would join me in saying that we're not surprised and that's the case because we both have enjoyed reading your words and subjects as wide an array as uh, you've covered in motorsport and look forward to while you might not be rushing to your next book we look forward to when you do do your next book and thank you very much for joining us at inside supercars and giving us the inside line on you writing craig lowndes inside line thank you mark Fogarty. thanks for having me and thanks for reminding me of the torment <laughs> i'll now have to go back and read the book of course my thanks to Fogues there. And next week on the show, we hear from Gordon Lomas, who goes inside some of his publications, including a number of very special Bathurst books. 
basically from 1815 when Bathurst was first settled and then went through the 1800s, you know, the gold rush era and, and the bush rangers and all that sort of stuff and then uh, tied it into uh, motor racing in the early 1900s. I hope you'll join us then on Inside Supercars. Until next time around, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We've paused a fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.